économique et judiciaire, allez-vous enfin admettre que le sort sur son possible est national We have a food shortage, a water shortage, an energy shortage. It's, it's catastrophe upon catastrophe. The farmers are targeted, and why are the farmers targeted? Because they have land. They need to build houses, they need to build factories, they need to build highways. They're not even hiding it. Hi guys, here is Dutch Digger. I, uh, I said that I'm not going to make any videos or post anything, but something big has happened in the Netherlands. The cabinet, Mark Rutte, uh, has resigned uh, about problems they had about uh, all the migrants that uh, are supposed to come to the Netherlands. to resistance chicks we're your hosts leah and michelle it's sunday and sunday means we're gonna go all around the world for this week's top news stories abroad yeah we do this every single sunday i think we have the best show on the planet covering world news maybe one of the only good conservative ones out so. there the world news so. report with resistance chicks so <clears throat> here's the deal this week I am declaring everything has changed. Yeah. The Sound of Freedom came out and it has blown the socks off of everything. It is casting the devil out of places you didn't even know he was. It's awesome. Your sock drawer. Yes. Okay. So, Mark Root is the Prime Minister of, of the, the Netherlands. Netherlands. He is perpetuating this push to kick Dutch farmers off of their land. His entire government went kaput. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the kaput today. We're also going to explain to you what's going on in France. What is all that unrest about? We've got an amazing speech from your favorite French woman and mine. Marine Le Pen. Marine Le Pen, who should have... Should be the Prime Minister of France. Will be, be one day yeah. the Prime Minister of France. Yeah, it would be really cool to see Georgia Maloney in, in Italy and Le Pen in France. Come on, man. And you know what I find? It's all of these people so pro-women. Oh, we need a... Like in the United States. We should have had Hillary Clinton because we needed a woman president. Well, what about Marine Le Pen in France, man? She's a woman. If we're just voting on gender, why isn't everyone behind her? Because she's awesome. All right, so Leo, we're early today. Normally, our world news program is at 1.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're watching from all around the world, I'm sorry that we're early and you're probably having your nice little afternoon lunch or evening, you know, dinner or whatever. Um, we're early. We have Jason Heidinger, who's usually with us on Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. He and his family are in town from Oklahoma right here. So we decided, you know what, we're going to move the world news program up a couple of hours 
And then uh, we will be doing some live videos maybe later today with Jason. Yeah. So you can see in person what the dudes really like. We'll be talking about some awesome stuff. So, all right, Leah, take the show away. We're ready. All right. So um, I actually, if you could bring up a couple, the, the video on the farmers complaining about what's happening and kind of letting us know. I've got a couple. I sent you one and then I have a couple to give you refresh refresh your understanding of why would an entire government uh, that came in actually Mark Root was a little bit centrist, a little bit leaning right. Mm -hmm. Supposedly, um, these globalists teach their people how to run. So um, you've saying. got Morrison in Australia who ran on a conservative platform. You have Boris Johnson who ran on a conservative platform, all the Tories in the UK running on conservative platforms. But then when they get in office, they change their tune. And that is what has happened with Mark Root in the Netherlands. He is a World Economic Forum globalist, um, you know, call boy. I don't know what else to call him. The globalist. Uh, play this. Yeah. So in the name of carbon and the name of it's a religion, reducing nitrogen yeah. it's it's a false religion because these people don't believe in reducing carbon and they don't believe in reducing nitrogen they wanted to shut down family farms farms that have been in families for like 200 years and they wanted to to shut down thousands of them not just shut them down steal their land here's the deal it's not, if they just wanted to shut the, 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 the farms down, let the land lie fallow, let it become some sort of nature preserve. No, they want to steal the land. So you don't get to like be like, hey, win-win, we're going to steal your land because, or we're going to shut you down because carbon, but we'll make use of it. Well, so to be clear, you could keep your land in many cases if you mm -hmm. just didn't put any animals on it. But they know that these farmers won't stay. They stay to farm. Right. All right. So let's hear. Come then. Our country is based on agriculture. Why? Need to go. My cows. Why? My farm. Need to go. Everyone has someone in their family who was once a farmer. The manure is in the Netherlands, which is ammonia, which is a, f a form of uh, nitrogen, which is bad for the environment, bad for nature. They have declared that nitrogen is the major problem. Well, I'm an expert in nitrogen and I dare to say it is not. It's, it's a crock of shit. We are actually discussing waving goodbye to our farmers. 20 years ago, you would not have dreamt that this would have happened. We had a lot of problems with uh, nitrogen uh, rules because our farm is near to and in Nature 2000. These are hardworking people, they're paying taxes, they've worked their land for sometimes 10, 15 generations. I think the political system like we have it in the Netherlands now is totally broken. They are really suffering. Six farmers have actually hanged themselves because of this new policy. Farmers have to reduce the use of, of, of nitrogen. Our government did say we need to reduce 95% uh, of nitrogen uh, in this uh, Nature 2000 area. Our intention is to explain why this is so important for them and for nature, uh -huh. but not to change the goals of the policy. That's not the case. It's not going to happen. They have created a huge problem for themselves, and the farmers are now really angry. 
we're wasting billions and billions on a nightmare. Government has to do what the government has to do sometimes, which is painful. Uh, but there is also 25 billion euro for a small country as the Netherlands uh -huh. to help farmers to get a better life, to help nature, to restore. The facts they use and are not connecting together. We have a food shortage, a water shortage, an energy shortage. It's, it's catastrophe upon catastrophe. The farmers are targeted. And why are the farmers targeted? Because they have land. They need to build houses, they need to build factories, they need to build highways. They're not even hiding it. So All it's right. not about protecting the land. They want houses and highways. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. Here, and here, Leah, let's just, I know we've got a lot to get through in a short amount of time today. But for our viewers that maybe don't know the difference. When we're talking about nitrogen, they're saying that these farmers are using too much nitrogen in their soil. They're also saying that the cows are producing, producing too, too much, much nitrogen. nitrogen. And it's like, wait a minute, actually, our planet needs nitrogen to exist. The Netherlands is the number one food producer in the entire world, and they do it number use, two. Well, okay, they do it using the least amount of nitrogen than anybody else. Why? Because they're still doing it with sustainable practices. Yeah, and here's the thing: I am not for artificial fertilizers, and I think that there is a way outside of artificial fertilizers. But to pull the plug on these farmers who haven't. Did you know that the nitrogen use in the Netherlands hasn't raised since the 50s? And that cannot be said. So they're not for other using uh, a tremendous amount. So in order to kind of go around the the carbon rules in the nether, and, and they're trying in each country something different. So in the Netherlands, Jacinda tried to, and I don't know if it still is this way, to say that the they had to limit the number of cows and sheep because they were producing too much carbon. But everybody smelled a rat there because truly we do live on carbon. We don't really live on nitrogen. We live on carbon. We are, uh, we need to breathe that in. It, it's, uh, we need, we don't breathe in carbon, but we exhale it. It gives it to the trees and the trees bring back oxygen. And the planet is actually greener right now than it's ever been, well, since Eden. So we're not in a bad place. We're actually in a very decent place as far as carbon goes. Pollution, on the other hand, is something different. And if they wanted to tackle pollution, then you would tackle plastics. You would tackle... You wouldn't be tackling farmers. Yes. You would tackle... Well, here's the thing. The, the Netherlands farmers are very environmental. Uh, they farm, quite frankly, better than most people around the world. There is something about the people, the Dutch. You've got the Pennsylvania Dutch who came to the United States. They grow food. They have green thumbs. They know how to grow food. They just do. You have the Dutch that actually went down to South Africa. They're called the Boer. And they turned that land into a breadbasket. The Dutch people, it's not a... It's, it, it's in their blood. It's they, in their genes. They know how to grow food and raise animals. And so it's actually attacking the very identity of who the people are. The, the Dutch people are incredibly healthy. They're, they don't have an obesity epidemic. They're very thin. They bicycle everywhere, which we should too, by the way, conservatives. How they much of the Dutch run as farmland? How much of the Netherlands? I don't know. 
keep talking. Well, I was going to have you bring up a video. Because I wanted to talk about... Oh, I can talk about the collapse of the government. Uh, 54%, a relatively small part of our territory is earmarked for buildings and roads. Of the total surface area of the Netherlands, 54% is used for farmland. And that's the problem. They, they don't have a lot of They don't of have land. a lot of infrastructure. They don't have a lot of availability of space for infrastructure because it's mostly farmland. Which is amazing because it's actually a healthier place. It's like a country. It's like so it's you literally see these people, and it's literally the devil masquerading as an angel of light, saying, "We want to be green. We want to be environmental. We want to be good for the planet. So watch us get rid of everything that's good and green and environmental and good for the planet." Yeah, exactly. So let's play selling a bill of goods. This video first here. So this is one of the protests. from last week that we didn't get to cover. Now this was before the government collapsed. We're gonna talk about the government collapse, but this is one of the reasons that the government has collapsed because these farmers, it's not easy to show up right. with your tractor. In case you didn't, even though <laughs> even though I have heard that these tractors book it. Oh, they totally book it. Um, to show up with all these tractors is a very, very big deal. And one's got a bicycle on the Not back. Not to of mention tractor. the fact that if you've ever spoken to, I don't know what season we're in right now in the Netherlands, but farmers have to farm. Yeah. It's hard for them to get away. Mm -hmm. This is my hometown, folks. This is what we stand for. We stand united with the farmers. They want to disown the farmers from their property. You know what it is when you don't have a property anymore? You got children. What do you do with your children? You want to become a farmer. So please stand up. And also the farmers, they, they, they we got our food. Our, our, everything comes from the farmers. So when no farmer, no food. Please, 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 I beg you, wake up, wake up. Don't let this go, go go down as many people go dead or something else or just please please wake up let the world show what's going on right here it's, it's no good the agenda from Klaus Schwab the 2030 agenda this is rolled out it's nothing to do with this own your own folks it's terrible please wake up wow. yes ma'am we are we are we awake. Are awake all right so so the Dutch government has collapsed and I want to let this fella who uh, looks like a farmer. Explain it a little bit here. Hi guys, here's Dutch Digger. I, uh, I said that I'm not gonna make any videos or post anything, but something big has happened in the Netherlands. The cabinet, Mark Rutte, uh, has resigned uh, about uh, the problems they had about uh, all the migrants that uh, were supposed to come to the Netherlands. And now uh, they resigned. That is a big sign, people. I think I was talking to my friend in the United States and he said that in a couple of days, Macron will go, and people in the and, and then the government of Germany will go, and then Europe will collapse. It's finished. It's finished. Keep on praying that all those Klaus Schwab assholes are gone and uh, will be put to trial for a tribunal for what they have done to the to all the people in the country. So say it to the world, please forward, please this this uh, video. Mark Rutte, his cabinet of the Netherlands, has resigned. It's fallen. It's finished. It's gone. This is so cool. Okay, so what we need to do, so we, you guys know that we've been talking about praying about the high places. And um, David Sorison came on our show, did an amazing show on the Kingdom Roundtable, and he's from the Netherlands. Yep. 
And there is a huge amount of revelation red pilled who do not believe in doom and gloom. Come on. People in the Netherlands. Like they're That's on fire for God. Right now. They're not what laying I down. I didn't know was that there is a huge amount. The Netherlands is filled with super spirit-filled Pentecostals who love Jesus, mm. and they have been on their face praying. Yes. They've been praying in the spirit, and they brought down this government. Let me tell you. And our friend Corey Gray, he has started and is starting um, a network where we pray over the high places in these governments so that we all take our, our prayers and we shoot them at something that's necessary. And we all have been shooting our prayers towards this government in the Netherlands and it has fallen. So then what do we do next? Now we pray that when, now that this government has fallen, now that the, the, the demons have brought brought down, the Bible says, if you cast out the devil, be careful that you, you keep it all clean and you bring in the Holy Spirit because seven more will come. Yeah. And something worse could come could come about. However, I believe that God brought this down. It's very different. So like in the UK, they've had to ha they had um, various prime ministers resign. But I don't believe that that was a result of prayer. Okay? When something is a result of God actually doing something, come on. then God can fill it up. So I believe the Netherlands is going to be a nexit and that is a Holy Spirit word, because what is Nexit? Nexit would be like Brexit, which is the the um, the leaving of the European Union. So I believe that there will be a nex nexus starting with the Nexit, like Brexit. That's good. And in this nexus of the Netherlands, I encourage you all to be praying that God would raise up these spirit-filled believers into the local government into the to their counties into their to their various they have different like territories that's where you get your holland and you get your holland is part of the netherlands but holland isn't the whole of the netherlands um so they have different various states so bring up uh, heads of states and then bring up a a full cabinet filled of spirit-filled believers who have never been in government before who are led by the holy spirit i want you guys to watch something moving forward we're about to see several big wins in different places around the world. And I want you to recognize something <coughs> as those big wins happen. They will have only been a result of our prayers. There is no reason that the world is should be in the state that it is in today. Mm -hmm. right. The church has been sitting on their took us yeah. for a hundred years, not doing anything mm -hmm. until recently. Mm -hmm. And I would say that 2020 was the catalyst mm -hmm. for Christians to stop sitting on their hands and saying enough is enough. We're going to go to the prayer closets. We're going to get on our knees. We're going to stand and we're going to go to spiritual war and battle. Yes. And take the devil down. So when you, as you see these wins, do not look at them and just be like, well, I guess this is just the way things go. Mm -hmm. No, no. Give glory to God and praise God because it's going to start happening in rapid succession. Yeah. All right, so uh, it has not been a good month for the World Economic Forum private jet-setting globalists. First, the French riots, and now the latest fall of the government of Dutch PM Mark Rutte. <laughs> we want to say that silent E so bad. Not they, say no, it. they do. They say, no, the I Dutch want to not it. say it. Oh, yeah. I want the to Dutch not say it. it. I want to say Mark Rutte. Rutte. Uh, Rutte. 
Uh, and what makes this an especially painful drubbing is that it was over an issue near and dear to the billionaire globalist heart, immigration, actually. So on Friday, the Dutch government collapsed after it failed to reach a decision on how to limit the flow of asylum seekers into the country. The crisis boiled over after Ruta's government realized it couldn't progress beyond a stalemate over a plan proposed by the prime minister's conservative VD the party to separate refugee families and limit the number of migrants entering the Netherlands, which two of his four-party government coalition refused to support. It's no secret that the coalition partners have differing opinions about immigration policy. Today, we unfortunately have to conclude that those differences have become insurmountable. Therefore, I will tender my resignation of the entire cabinet to the king. Ruta, the longest service premier of the nation, resigned in the wake of the collapse, but will remain in office until a new prime minister is chosen. News agency ANP, citing the National Elections Committee, said elections would not be held before mid-November. A caretaker government cannot decide on new policies, but Ruta said it would not affect the country's support for Ukraine. Friday's collapse followed two days of late-night meetings between the coalition over the issue of immigration, which, like as all... Uh, at all other uh, Western nations, has put a strain on the already densely populated country's housing infrastructure. That's another reason people think that they want the farms. 54% are uh, is farmland, so we they they the one thing that the the Dutch feel is that they want the farms to build housing infrastructure for the migrants. The Netherlands already has. A one has one of Europe's toughest immigration policies, but under the pressure of right-wing parties, Ruta had uh, for months been trying to seek ways to further reduce the inflow of asylum seekers. The four-party coalition has been trying to hash out a deal for months on how to handle the dramatic influx of thousands of migrants seeking uh, refuge, including the African nations and Ukraine. Um, the immigration issue has become a key political concern and will likely be a focal point in the new election cycle. More than 21,000 non-Europeans sought asylum in the Netherlands in 2022, but that pales to what is uh, uh, coming, which is about 70,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this is very interesting. And so there, there is a new party that it's the Farmers Party, and it has risen kind of out of the necessary need I'm pulling a Kamala Harris necessary need Is this the one you have before? yeah the pro to defend the farms so this is very interesting so you've got the farmers defending the farms but the issue is immigration but these are tied so the pro farmer populace threatened to upend the establishment in the coming elections Responding to the uh, collapse of the government, Dutch political commentator Eva, and I'm not going to say her last name, said, I think the actual fall of the cabinet itself is all for show. The disagreement about immigration that they're mentioning as the de deciding factor is not the real issue, she says, because all government parties are in favor of more mass migration, including Mark Root's VVD. Rutte just seems to think that he can trick the Dutch people into believing that he actually wants a stricter immigration policy this time around. And he thinks he can get reelected again if he makes these false new promises. Do not fall for it. We cannot let him win again. So Eva, who has been a champion for the Dutch farmer protest movement, that saw thousands of farmers take their tractors over the past two years in opposition to the EU-driven green agenda that threatens to shut down their farms forever, said, however, that the upcoming elections represent a real chance of getting our country back and to fight back against the ex, um, the export, uh, ex 
expropriation of our farmers, push back on immigration, and take back our national sovereignty from organizations like the EU and the World Economic Forum. Let's pray that enough people have woken up and will actually vote for change this time. We will not get a second chance. Meanwhile, the leader of the populist farmer citizen movement, known as the BBB, Caroline Vanderplas said in the wake of the collapse of the cabinet that she has not ruled out the idea of becoming the country's next prime minister. She said ah. bluntly, if it comes to it, it comes to it. The insurgent anti-Great Reset Party, which was only formed in 2019, swept to a stunning victory in the regional elections in March, becoming the largest party in all provincial governments as well as the Dutch Senate. Although Rutte was able to cobble together enough support to maintain his coalition government, that's how they do them in in Europe, they do coalition governments rather than majority. Cracks soon began to emerge following the regional elections, throwing in doubt Ruta's ability to force the EU demanded restrictions on farmer nitrogen emissions and the closure of thousands of farms. Shortly after her party's shock success in the ballot box, Vanderplas correctly predicted that the results would ultimately force the government to hold elections sometime this year. On Saturday, the populist leader shared a video on Twitter writing, The campaign has started. Our voters hang BBB flags everywhere, and the Netherlands flag is straight again, in reference to the tactic deployed by farmers over the past year of turning the Dutch flag upside down in protest against the government's anti-farmer agenda. I am so excited. Let us pray that this pro-farmer party rises to the top, that they are spirit-filled, that they are filled with the power of God, and that these cockroaches flee and angels reign in the Netherlands, in Jesus' name we pray. So, for those of us that struggle with um, flags, and, and it's difficult, if the flags being upside down is, um, with the blue, you would the blue never should know. be on top, the red should be on the bottom. Um, so what the footage that you're watching right now is along a highway where they're showing that all of these flags have been turned upside down, which is a sign of distress. All right, so this is very good news, however, I have some, what I would call hilarious news, straight out of the Netherlands. And that is in the wake of the farmer issues. Now, the Netherlands and the Dutch and Holland, they're also known for euthanasia. Very bad. And I'm hoping that maybe the farmer party can do something about that. They're also known to have a district where prostitution is legal and where you can get drugs. So okay. they're very progressive. Okay. In that respect. And we need to pray that God brings them around. Okay. However, Miss Netherlands just won. And I would like to she take She won Miss Universe. No, Miss... I'm going to play for you the Miss Netherlands competition. We're just going to watch this. This is the competition within yes. the Netherlands. It says yes. Miss Universe. This is the winner that will go... Um, that will go to the Miss Universe. Yes. I had no idea that was going to be that loud. I'm so sorry, guys. That was insane. Unstoppable. I'm a force with no race. I'm invincible. They are there are a lot of very tall women in the Netherlands. And there there's a lot of beautiful women in, in the Netherlands. Look at how beautiful those women are in the back. What are we looking at? Why is this a big deal? 
What are we looking at? Why is this a big deal? That's a really, really good question, Michelle. Why don't you read the subtitles here for us? The Netherlands have a new Miss uh, Ricky Cole has been crowned Miss Netherlands 2023. Is it a dude? With this title, the 22-year-old from Amsterdam can immediately prepare herself for the Miss Universe competition. I conquered all the things that came through my path. And look at me now. Standing here as a strong, empowering, and confident trans woman. She's the first transgender woman to compete in the competition. You may also recognize Ricky from a TV show called Holland's Next Top Model. Five years ago, he made it to the finale of the show. The Netherlands have, there you go. So that was a dude. That's the skinniest dude I ever saw. That is a dude. Dude looks like a lady. Well, you can do a lot with makeup, but that's a skinny, like skinny dude. Like ridiculously skinny. Like you have to be on the most, like we're talking about hormone suppression to the nth degree to be that thin and, and be that kind of, I don't know, A biologically thing. male transgender model was crowned as Miss Netherlands and will compete for the title of Miss Universe later this year in El Salvador. Ricky Cole is a 22-year-old model and has been selected as Miss Netherlands 2023, the first biological male. They always use to names win the historically, crossover, by the way. Yeah, female competition. Announcing their decision, the jury said the final... Uh, according to Dutch public broadcaster, she has a rock-solid story with a clear mission. The jury is convinced that the organization will be happy to work with this young woman. You can say, man, Leah, this I is am our quoting show. them. You know what, though? I think for our show, we should be co anatomically correct. Uh, I am only happy to commit to all the little Rickies who have to deal with rejection from their family, their transition to the person desi they desire to be. Help make their self-image and acceptance stronger, untouchable. The Moroccan Dutch model previously competed in Holland's top, uh, next top model reality television program in 2018, reaching the final final round of contestants. She was the he was the uh, second transgender model to participate in the show, following um, another person in 2015. This is really disturbing to me. This just goes to show you. that the agenda to push this because here's the deal i'm looking at this picture now for our podcast listeners and you can see that that this man's body it's not feminine as feminine as some of these other women and again this is to me you can you can clear you can clearly tell that he only won because he is a transgender. They were trying to make it a thing. So what about all of the other actual women that competed that did not win? And they probably should have. Now, again, Lee and I are not all for all of the Miss Universe, you know, pageant contests. But, like, it's just kind of sad, like, that going into it, like, that. well, we're just not going to win. It's... What it, it is was for show. This year's competition was just for it show. It is definitely, in my opinion, 
misogynistic. Now, here is a picture of all their all the all the competitors. And here is this one. Uh the the dude. And it's it's very interesting to me because I think that you can tell that this is that doesn't have he doesn't have the hips that other people do, but I want you to see some of the comments. Um women accepting to participate degraded themselves by it. The women were complicit in this. Should have all refused to take part. What if all the women just didn't participate? I agree with that. I here's the thing. If you want to stand in solidarity with women, then you just you need to go start your own competition. Exactly. You have to get out. Um, only the weakest of males want to physically compete with women. Uh, Netherlands. Now it all makes sense. Um, none of them are particularly attractive. <laughs> Sorry. Blame the women that let them take part. So I, this is this is the world that we live in where you're going to not win on your merit. Right. Not win in a category that why have men and women categories at all? Why not just have Miss Person Universe? Or just person. Why not have person universe? Yeah. Why not because here's the thing a woman is never gonna win Mr. Universe. Because a woman can never be as big of a, as big of a man. Do they do? Is Mister Universe like a muscly competition? Yeah, I think so. Nobody hears about it. Nobody seems to care about it. But um, yeah, and this goes along with um, Calvin Robinson talking about the move by the Archbishop of York, Brand's Lord's Prayer says the Lord's Prayer is oppressively patriarchal for saying the Our Father. Ah! Get out! No way! The woke Church of England's latest assault on the tenets of the Christian <laughs> religion is apparently the Lord's Prayer, which the Archbishop of York has criticized for being oppressively patriarchal over its reference to Our Father. During a meeting of the General Synod, Church of England's governing body, Archbishop of York Stephen Cottrell called into question the use of the Lord's Prayer, branding the prayer offered by to, to Christians by Jesus Christ during the Sermon on the Mount as problematic. <laughs> I know the word Father is problematic <laughs> for those whose experiences of earthly fathers has been destructive and abusive, and for all of us who have labored rather too much from an oppressively patriarchal grip on life. We remain stubbornly out. unreconciled, appear complacent about division, and often also appear all too ready to divide again. We have got to use... Uh, we've got too used to disunity. We think it's normal when in fact it is a, a disgrace, an affront to Christ and all he came to give us. Repeating the prayer that Jesus literally told us to pray is now an affront to Jesus. So the, he's the second highest ranking bishop in the Church of England. The issue of He's the gender of God has also become an increasingly contested debate within the Church of England. Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, previously declaring that God is gender neutral. Welby has also used his position as the principal leader of the church to push for left-wing issues, notably surrounding illegal immigration. You know so, the point that, 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 that he made at the start there saying that this is going to be offensive to people who maybe didn't have a good father figure? Let me tell you something. 
The whole point of God the Father being the Father is supposed to heal the people that didn't have a good daddy here on earth because at least they got a good one upstairs. Now, you point. tell me, come on, man, I'm going to punch this dude in the face. So in um, March, uh, the Anglican Church in the heart of Anglican. London, Anglican Church, will for uh, had for the first time put on a drag queen performance. See, the, the, literally the road to hell is being paved by the Anglican Church. Just there it goes. There it goes. Let's see what Calvin has to say about this. He always makes me feel better. Speech absolutist. Calvin Robinson for GB News. I'm telling you what, he literally pulls no punches. I'm surprised they allow him still on the network. So I think anybody, including the Bishop of York, should be free to say whatever, whatever they want to say. Um, but I do reserve the right to say that his, his th views are, I think, theologically deviant. Um, and I was in a, in a, a, a abbey church the other day, a cathedral church, very ancient church. Um, and I don't even know where to begin in describing the way that they had transformed this church into a coffee shop with a gift shop. And they were playing music and it felt like we were in some kind of sort of um, glamorized Costa coffee rather than in tables? an ancient you say, church. You and it was very much like, you know, did Christ Did you turn turned... the tables though? Well, exactly. No, that's... did you turn the tables? I didn't, no, I didn't. Emma, you should have turned the tables. <laughs> Next so time, like the turn the tables. Flash dance. What would Christ do? Turn the tables. Plenty more to come tonight on my Common Sense Crusade, including- I'm talking about turning some tables. Could you imagine? Major that's why they're not gonna let us over there in the UK. Yeah. It would help the church uh, get better ESG scores and then they could get more investment from BlackRock and Vanguard and fix the church roof. I may be playing devil's advocate here. <laughs> I'm going to leave your comments on transubstantiation for a minute because I want to hear your thoughts on the ESG. Do you think this is why the church is going woke? Do you think they're going after the ESG scores? Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure the financial state of the, the church. I know they're... I mean, they're, they're... Now, here's a question. Where in the world is Welby? The most reverend Justin Welby is ruffling feathers among some Christian communities who say the Archbishop of Canterbury shows a lack of clear leadership on a plethora of social and moral issues. GB News has been in touch with the Church of England to offer them a right to reply on the issue, but to no avail thus far. I am joined now by Ben Weller, editor and campaign leader of Where's Welby. Ben, thanks for joining us. What on earth is Where's Welby? Well, Where's Welby is a, is a question. And it's a question we're asking, and it's a question that we want so many more people to be asking. Uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury is the head of the Church of England, and he has a moral duty over this nation. Hmm. Uh, yet we have seen the church just give up, give up on commenting about the liberalisation of sexuality, about free speech issues, hmm. and most importantly to me, about abortion, about what I, and I believe you see as a genocide. Mm -hmm. And we're asking where he is on that, because he has not been clear. So what is the Where's Welby campaign doing? Well, Where's the Welby campaign, uh, we try and run off satire. Um, our main, main thing we have is a poster. It's a poster inspired by the childhood cartoon Where's Wally. I'm mm. sure all of you Classic. in the studio have seen it. And we have basically spoofed their double page spread to talk about all the issues and the moral denigration in this country. In it, you are there, you are there oh. standing on a plinth of free speech with some faithful bishops. Oh looking up to you and watching you, but you can also find... I'm sure there are not many there, then. No, no, <laughs> the rest of them are around the back doing who knows what. Um, and <laughs> you can also see the Archbishop there, but obviously like you've got to find him, because it is. Where's Welby? He's very small and he's hiding. 
It's interesting because he's everywhere when it comes to issues like Rwanda or party political, well, exactly. partisan issues. But when it comes to these moral issues, he is nowhere to be seen. You're right. The General Synod is meeting this mm -hmm. weekend. Uh, there is a video out there on social media. I'll try and play a clip of it in a moment. And the General Synod is the governing body of the Church of England. And we've got a clip of them saying what the Church's official stance on abortion is. Let's run this. Church of England has a very clear view on that and had since the 80s. The Church of England stance is very clear. Well, I'm not clear about that at all. I think it's relatively clear. There is a variance of opinion and it's down to your individual conscience. Not very clear at all. Pretty clear. Not clear at all. For you, when is abortion acceptable and when is it not? Well, I suppose this is where the unclarity comes in. I think abortion is acceptable if the mother's mental health is no. at risk. I quite like the line that... Uh, the Church of England is nowhere to be seen on these moral issues. Mm -hmm. What are you hoping for from your campaign as a result? Well, we'd love the Archbishop and the entire Church of England to be able to speak clearly on what they actually believe. The Church of England's official statement on abortion at the minute is that it is sometimes morally acceptable. Yeah. And to us, that's not enough. I see it as murder. The Church of England, in fact, does. In that exact statement, they say that human life starts at conception. And they also say it's sometimes morally acceptable. Okay. The Bible clearly I'm going to bring my dualists in on this. Leo Curse, the Church of England is pontificating about all kinds of political matters. But on these core moral issues, do you think it's negligent? Well, I think the church, I mean, I understand the church should actually have this sort of moral stance and reflect what's said in the Bible. Mm. Uh, me personally, uh, I believe that, you know, abortion should be available within sensible limits because, you know, as much as I think abortion is, uh, is abhorrent and in no, no way an ideal outcome for, for anyone, for the mother, uh, obviously for the, for the, uh, for the fetus or, or anyone, um, I'm a pragmatist and you, you, can't, you can't ban abortion. You can only ban safe abortion. We saw, you know, when Abortion was was illegal. Uh, people had backstreet abortions, and I think it's it's actually um, it's more humane. Ask you the same question: <laughs> Is the Church of England neglecting its moral duty? Massively, and I think so. You mentioned the Church of England are very quick to weigh in on divisive political issues, whether it's to do with race we saw during Black Lives Matter, whether it's in heritage campaigns, you're trying to get things removed. I think Welby made some very, um, I think, compromising statements at the time when they were trying to remove a Rustat from, uh, the Rustat Memorial from one of the Cambridge colleges. Um, I think that they've, I mean, they've weighed in on, Dickie. you mentioned Rwanda, immigration only a few days ago. So they do weigh in on political issues. But when it comes to articulating morally and ethically educated, robust positions, even if they were to articulate the disagreements within the church mm. in an intelligent way, that would be one thing. But they just stay out of those, you know, those, those topics where um, Christian teaching has something to say. Because it's not politically fashionable, it seems that the church are too frightened to weigh in on, in on it or to even have those discussions in the first place. Because they've taken a settled opinion and that settled opinion is one of mainstream culture that has very little, if not nothing, to do with um, Christian teaching. So I think there are lots of people, we've spoken about this in previous weeks, um, within the clergy in the Church of England, who are very literal on these issues, but those people don't get a voice because it seems that the leadership just simply don't care to weigh in on issues that matter to the majority of people in the congregation because they're playing to 
the secular culture rather than thinking about their own flock. Yeah. Do you think they're trying to draw people in? You think if we, no, I think it's if we liberalise to be a mistaken strategy. <laughs> I think they are because they're, they're trying to appease the people that will never turn up anyway. Yep. And they're pushing away the people that do turn up. Yep. But Ben, I want to give you the last word. Mm -hmm. Do you have hope? Because obviously this is not all about bringing okay. the church from the... Um, I want to make something clear again, because if you guys are just joining us, you've never tuned into our world news program or whatever. Um, maybe you don't understand the way that the Church of England works and operates and their position in the UK. Why would you be talking about the Archbishop of Canterbury and his position on moral issues in society on a news channel? Because unlike here in the United States... The UK has a little bit of theocracy in with their... They do not have a separation of church and state. The church and state are one. Exactly. And so the Archbishop of Canterbury, I'm not going to say he has a governmental position. But he position, does speak for the he government. Does, he does have a voice and it is it is connected to the government and such. And, and so the entire country, you know, the entire United Kingdom looks to the art supposedly looks to the archbishop of canterbury to make statements to me, of moral stance for right. the entire society yeah and it was christians who let and i have a couple you can bring up that weren't brought up uh, from calvin here um it was christians who led the campaign that ended slavery a hundred years before uh we did here in the united states and William Wilberforce, and you guys probably hopefully know that story. If not, go see the movie Amazing Grace. It's absolutely amazing. Calvin Robinson got kicked out of the Anglican Church, but he still is a clergyman. Mm -hmm. He's a man of the cloth, and he speaks on, at GB News on positions of faith. And I absolutely respect him. I love him for it. Um, I, there is a very secular push in the UK on abortion, on marriage, and he speaks out in a way that the Archbishop of Canterbury should, and actually, as the religious leader of a nation, should have cover to do so. But the whole church has gone woke, and on my opinion, it's filled with, you know, lefty homosexuals. They, they've gone complete universalist. Yes, they're complete. Well, I'm, God's not a God's not a father anymore. You're done. There, you're not part. You're not Christian at, anymore. At that point, you're just a Joel Osteen church. Jesus said, "Our Father and my Motivational Father." Motivational speech. How many times did Jesus say "Father"? <clears throat> Several times. Okay, God the have Father. To rewrite the whole Bible. You always, you say the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, do you have a different religion? Exactly. Okay, I want to play this one about marriage here. The following is a presentation uh, given by Calvin Robinson in Oxford in, what was it, 2018? No, 2015? No, 2023. We're replacing uh -huh. his... Oh, February 15th. I knew I read a 15th there. We are directly talking about undermining God's plan as he has revealed it to us. undermining God's plan as he has revealed it to us. We're replacing his authority with our own. If marriage is no longer between one man and one woman, are we open to the idea of polygamy? We disregard the heterosexual aspect, so why not the monogamous aspect too? If love is love, as we keep hearing, who's to say that three men loving each other is not more love than two men loving each other? And I'm sure someone in this chamber has echoed the words love is love tonight. And this is not about love being love. This is about marriage, the sacrament of holy matrimony. It is directly connected to love, but it's not the definition of love. Too many people utter those words and confuse the meaning of love. Agape. The biblical context of love is a divine love. It's a sacrificial love. 
It's not lustful. People often conflate sex with love. It's very disingenuous. We've heard quite a bit of that. But then, of course, atheists often pirate the words, God is love. And we've heard that one tonight, too. Again, without any understanding. Yes, God is love. But he sets the terms, not us. Another one we've heard plenty of is inclusivity. Should the church be more inclusive? Again, it's a play of words. It's, it's virtue signaling. It's to appear good rather than to be good. The church should absolutely be inclusive. Christ spent time with tax collectors and prostitutes, but it is they who went away changed, not Christ. Boom. We are fallen, therefore we are all sinners. The church is open to sinners, of course it is, that's the purpose of the church. But it should not be to encourage people to continue to sin. Our duty as clerics is to help lead people to Christ to lead them away from sin, not to embrace it, not to affirm it. I know many LGBT people who live lives in Christ. They abstain from sexual gratification to be closer to God, and it's not easy, it really isn't. It's perhaps not fair, but it is right and it is good. And these people are being let down. I've had people crying, saying, I could have got married, but I did what the church taught me was right, and now the church is saying they were wrong all along. I've wasted my life. Wow. As Christians, we're called to be in the world, but not of the world. In the secular world, we already have equality in law. People can enter civil partnerships or even gay marriage outside of the church, and that's their prerogative. However, the faith is inherently discriminatory. God is discriminatory. He sets conditions on us entering his heavenly kingdom. It is not a free-for-all. We must turn away from sin, repent, and follow Christ. And I want to specify, it is the sin that is the problem, not the sinner. Every single person is loved by God, and God forgives all of us of our depravity but we have to turn away from our sins and turn toward him and it seems the panel opposite me has forgotten to separate the sin from the sin it's kind of the essence of being a christian like i didn't know when it's been around for two thousand years i'm not sure when that became a controversy but it's become a controversy i don't it, you you come to jesus you repent of your sins and you go to heaven like it's like Everybody knew that up until like five seconds ago. Like, I don't, I, I, I really, I am having a hard time. I'm struggling with the fact that, that he has to say that. Everybody knows that that's what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Sinner. One can denounce sin while still welcoming the sinner. So as I wrap up, my message to the proposing side is do not lead us astray. Do not lead people astray. Do not be the wolves in sheep's clothing. Do not be the false teachers that the Bible warns us about. Remember your obligation to defend the faith. Stop teaching about diversity, inclusion, and equality, and get back to teaching about redemption and salvation. This is spiritual neglect. Ooh. Help people by telling them the truth. Be kind to people by supporting them through those struggles and reminding them that Christ suffers with them. And be compassionate by leading them to Christ when the world tries to lead them away from him. The church is imploding and the faithful masses have stopped turning up on Sundays, and we are seeing the most rapid decline of Christianity in this country that we may have ever seen. Do not accelerate it with heresy. You do not have the authority to bless sin. Whoa. When I hear the Bishop of London on record saying these new prayers will mean priests can bless same-sex relationships, some of which may be sexual in nature, I hear the devil at work. Bishops are promoting the idea of sacramental sodomy. Let them be anathema, repent. And to the rest of you, I have no doubt that some of you will consider me a bigot or a transphobe or a homophobe, but I am neither of those things, none of those things. I am simply a follower of Christ, a Christian. And we are naturally countercultural. And if so-called liberals 
were truly diverse and tolerant, they would embrace us just as they embrace everyone else. And Whoa. the point has been made, but the growing Christophobic attitude around this public debate and the ugly level of, of hypocrisy is that we really see people hold Muslims and people of other faiths to the same expectations that they hold Christians to. Who is calling for the Quran to be updated to modern societal norms? The same patronizing attitude of people of other, that treat other faiths patronize other faiths while being intolerant towards Christians at the same time. It's a shame, but in the words of St. Athanasius of Alexandria, if the world is against the truth, then I am against the world. Whoa! Come on, that man! So I'm telling powerful. you, I am telling you, that dude, every time he knocks it out of the park. Every time. <clears throat> um, I'm going to go through some of these it's headlines so good, to just kind of catch you guys up on what happened this week. Um, in the UK, they have a public broadcasting, and you have to pay for it if you have a TV. Uh, the BBC is accused of child sex abuse cover-up for top for a top presenter who allegedly paid a teenager for explicit pictures. What? The BBC has come under fire after reports emerging alleging that a very well-known presenter remained on the air despite being accused of paying a teenager £35,000 for sexually explicit pictures, leading some to question if the BBC bosses attempt to cover it up. And we know that they've done this before with Jerry yes. Seville. Uh, the, a report from The Sun, Britain's most circulated newspaper, has claimed that a 17-year-old was propositioned by a prominent BBC presenter whose name is so far being withheld to send sexually charged photographs. The victim, who is now 20 years of old, transformed from a happy-go-lucky youngster to a ghost-like crack addict over the past three years, according to his mother. The alleged victim, who is now um, oh, referring to the BBC par star, the mother said, when I see him on the telly, I feel sick. I blame this BBC man for destroying my child's life, wow. taking my child's innocent, and handing over the money for crack cocaine that could kill my child. They were huge sums, hundreds and thousands of pounds at a time. One time he had sent... 5,000 pounds in one lump. The money had been in exchange for sexually explicit photographs of my child. That is where the BBC leads. Um, now, I want to move a little bit to Russia before we uh, finish with France here. Russia claims to have shot down cruise missiles over Crimea, suspends traffic on the Kursk Bridge. So the Russian-installed authorities in the Crimean uh, Peninsula on Sunday reported shooting down a cruise missile near the city of Kursk and briefly suspended traffic on the Kursk Bridge that links the annexed territory to Russia. The Moscow-appointed governor of Crimea, Sergei Aksyonov, Sonov said that inception of the missile by Russian air defenses didn't result in any damage or casualties. He didn't offer any details. So that could lead to some greater escalation. But this, this particular story about these cluster bombs being allowed is causing a rift between NATO nations. So technically, NATO is okay with these war crime, but previously called war crime, cluster bombs, after Biden approves them. However, uh, you have Spain and I believe France coming in saying that they don't want anything to do with cluster bombs. So here's how the Biden National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, chose to defend Biden's agreeing to give Ukraine military banned, banned, banned munitions Essentially, he argued that since Russia has been using cluster munitions, munitions first, it's okay uh, to give them to Ukraine. You can play that if you want. Aggression. 
As I mentioned, because we've seen uh, all of these reports on uh, the provision of cluster munitions to Ukraine, uh, I will leave it to the Pentagon to make a formal announcement later this afternoon for the next drawdown package uh, and to go into the details of that drawdown package and the specifics on the types of munitions being provided. But I will use this opportunity here today to make a few points. First, we base our security assistance decision on Ukraine's needs on the ground. And Ukraine needs artillery to sustain its offensive and defensive operations. Artillery is at the core of this conflict. Ukraine is firing thousands of rounds a day Who's to rounds? defend against Russian efforts to advance and also to support its own efforts to retake its sovereign territory. We have provided Ukraine with a historic amount of unitary no artillery rounds, and we are ramping up domestic production of these rounds. We've already seen substantial increases in production, but this process will continue to take time, and it will be critical to provide Ukraine with a bridge of supplies while our domestic okay. production is ramped up. I want to go ahead and um, go to my Twitter here. Let's go to Twitter. What does this actually mean? I want um, Tulsi Gabbard to explain it. Well, I'll get to Tulsi in a Since minute. Russia launched their invasion of Ukraine, a bleak milestone for a conflict with no uh, end in sight currently. Now, Ukraine and its Western allies hope the ambitious counteroffensive launched last month can liberate Russian occupied areas. So joining me to talk about all of that is Russian journalist Alexei Veer. Alexei, thank you very much. Uh, good uh, to see you again. Alexei, so talk to me about um, what, what's going on at the moment? Because Biden and his cluster bombs. Hello, Nana. Yes, earlier this week, uh, U.S. President Joe Biden finally approved the supply of cluster bombs to Ukraine. The decision which uh, himself, he said, was a hard one. And I just remind you that cluster bombs are considered an inhumane kind of weapon, banned in most countries, but uh, not in the United States. Actually, the United States has been using cluster bombs in most conflicts since the war in Korea. And they are probably supplying the same cluster bombs they still bomb Vietnam with. And I can assure you that here in the Kremlin, it will be seen as a step towards further escalation, pretty much as all other weapon supplies to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, Ukrainian Minister of uh, Defense, Alexei Reznikov, he said that Ukraine does need those uh, cluster Hmm. Did you know that cluster bombs are banned by a convention signed by more than 100 countries, including many NATO allies? Because of their huge civilian toll, their use has long been seen as a war crime. This is crazy, crazy. I want to get your take on what's happening now in Ukraine, because the Biden administration has announced they're sending cluster bombs to Ukraine. Uh, the move's highly controversial. In fact, Biden's own White House once said that using these kinds of bombs would be considered a war crime. Watch. There are reports of illegal cluster bombs and vacuum bombs being used by the Russians. This is from 2020. Uh, if that's true, what is the next step of this administration? And is there a red line for how much violence uh, will be tolerated against civilians in this manner that's illegal and potentially a war crime? It is. It would be. I don't have any confirmation of that. We have seen the reports. Uh, if, if that were true, it would potentially be a war crime. So it was a war crime for Vladimir Putin, but it's okay for us to send it to the Ukrainians in, in escalation. This is exactly what I'm talking about, Pete, their hypocrisy of, of you know, rules that apply to others, but not for them, making decisions based on their own selfish desire for more power, their political 
their political interests. You know, the, the cold callousness of this decision by the Biden administration today reminds me of what Secretary, then Secretary of State Madeleine Albright said when she was asked about whether the price was worth it when the U.S. sanctions against Iraq killed over 500,000 children. And her response was, yes, we think the price was worth it. They're willing to do whatever it takes to get what they want, believing that the end justifies the means, even though this decision today all but guarantees that for decades to come, American-made cluster bombs will be the cause of Ukrainian casualties. Let me show you why these are so dangerous, because they don't always explode. So here are cluster bombs in action. The bomblets have high dud rates, which is why they're banned. Nobody wants to walk through old battlefields with metal detectors looking for these, so they invariably maim and kill civilian men and women long after the conflict ends. It's like throwing a bunch of pop rockets on the ground. Yeah, yeah. What basically happened is the U.S. dropped a ton of cluster bombs in Iraq, but eventually realized they were killing U.S. soldiers too and started phasing them out. So they sat around in stockpiles collecting dust for 15 years, and now they're being dumped on the Ukraine. Wow. Crazy, crazy. Um, Let's see here. Before I head over, we're going to do read the... a couple of comments okay, before we move on. because I haven't read really any today and i'm sure you guys have have some um don on facebook said did anyone else notice week before last many copters huge planes with copter blades on each wing and trains full of military vehicles heading northwards to uh her area in virginia no i didn't um rhonda says crimes against humanity thank you all the warriors and the truth thank you um i like this comment from don there is no such thing as a liberal christian Sorry, but this means I want to be able to say I am a Christian and at the same time going along with the world and not being separate. Yeah, no, I, I get it. All right, a few more headlines and then we're going to probably come off of Facebook to do our little segment on France because it is about immigration and Islam and I don't want to offend people. Uh, <laughs> offend people. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. That's right. a good That's a good way of putting it. Hello, my friends. All right. So uh, just interesting here. Last week, there was an earthquake that rattled or a ton of earthquakes, uh, earthquake swarm that rattled Iceland as experts warned of an eruption that could happen. So about 5,000 earthquakes uh, happened uh, Friday on July 7th. Um, I guess it was last week. Recorded on the Reykjanes Peninsula in Iceland, quake swarms were first reported on Tuesday and have since intensified, indicating magma is collecting below the surface. Iceland Review cited ge geologists who warned the current earthquake swarm, uh, I'm not going to try to say that word on this peninsula, suggests a more aggressive magma intrusion than in 2021 and 2022. As of Thursday, 4,700 quakes have been recorded. And if you scroll down, you can see what it looks like. And they could probably have an eruption. In 2010, nearly all flights in Europe and across the Atlantic Ocean were halted for a week as ash from an, I dare you to pronounce this, Rayakins. No, this one from this volcano. Where? Come on now. I don't even see it. Scroll down. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. There you go. I still don't see it. This one? 
Oh, come on. That's not even a word. No, that is not a word. Yeah. Yes. I, okay, put it. You can put it in Google and let it let it tell us how to. That sounds close. Right? Can you put it in there and see how, how to pronounce it? We can we can do a search. Pronounce. Pronunciation. Okay. So it's like this. Eya Fiatla Yukutl. Eya Fiatla Yukutl. I hope that helps. See you around. Okay. Okay, we were not, we weren't really that close, actually. You were pretty close. All right. Mm. Greta Thunberg uh, has been charged by Swedish prosecutors over a climate pro protest. So should could, could Greta see some jail time? The climate activist Greta Thunberg has been charged by Swedish prosecutors after refusing to comply with requests from law enforcement officials during a protest in the southern city of Malmo last month. The 20-year-old Swedish native was charged with disobeying She's 20 a already. police order like, like she was just 14. to leave the climate demonstration on June 19th during which she and other activists stopped traffic in the oil terminal on the port of Malmo. So possible prison time. If convicted, the climate activist could receive a prison sentence of up to six months or a fine. She'll she'll get a slap on the wrist of anything. Do you think she'll get anything? No. Uh, in the UK, nearly a thousand have been arrested in unprecedented UK-wide crackdown on cannabis farms. Nearly a thousand suspects have been arrested, and cannabis plants worth 130 million pounds seized in the largest ever UK-wide crackdown on pot farms. So pot's not legal in the UK. Yeah, the unprecedented. Well, you can't even carry on a, a, a knife. knife. The unprecedented police action, codenamed Operation Mill. Millie uh, was aimed at unearthing and disrupting the organized crime groups and their illegal revenue streams and was the most significant national operation of its kind ever run in the UK. All 43 police forces w went home and spoke pot. Um, uh, across England, it Wales were involved in the operation <laughs> along the regional organized crime unit partners, partner agencies. Uh, about about a, a thousand raids. They, they, seized two they seized nearly 200,000 cannabis plants, an estimated street value of about 130 million pounds, along with 20 firearms. Ah, come on now. Only 20 guns. I know. A little bit of money and some cocaine. Key source of illicit income. And I do believe that the organized, the, the, the cannabis trade there, however, um, has been linked to a lot of violence and to the illegal immigration. So... There is, there is. So that. the illegal migrants are maybe making a little money on the side from being farmers. Being farmers, you could, yeah. In Mexico, it's a crime to tell the truth. In the 1900s, Mexico was torn apart by one of the bloodiest religious persecutions of the 20th century. In the aftermath of the Mexican Revolution, the new government sought to implement a secular state and eradicate the influence of the Catholic Church. But uh, looks like there's some still persecution going on from the opposite side. So. Uh, Rodrigo Ivan Cortez is a former Mexican congressman and civil society leader. Last year, he was convicted of gender-based political violence, which uh, was made a specific crime in Mexico in 2020, and of digital, symbolic, psychological, and sexual violence. You might expect these convictions to be the result of some particularly heinous acts against women. You would be wrong. He was actually convicted for misgendering a trans politician in his social media posts. So this is now sexual assault. 
yes. to misgender someone on social media in, in 20, Mexico. 22, Cortez tweeted critically about a proposed bill that would penalize Christian beliefs on sexuality as hate speech. Provocatively, the representative who introduced the bill, trans-identifying politician Salma Luvano, did so wearing the vestments of a Catholic Pope-S, a.k.a. female Pope. While criticizing the hugely problematic legislation on social media, Cortez used the Spanish masculine form to refer to oh, see, Luvano. I knew those masculine and feminine forms he were going to get refer- you in trouble. Yes. He also those referred are easy to him as a man who identifies as a woman. Essentially, he's been convicted for standing up to for women. His punishment was particularly dystopian. It was clearly designed to publicly humiliate him. He was forced to issue a public apology drafted for him by the court in addition to no posting way. a this summary is like China. of his conviction on Twitter for 15 days at two set times per day. Quadri even Wait. had to complete Wait. two courses on gender-based political violence, effectively submitting himself to re-education. Yeah. He lost his final appeal. Oh my goodness. Gene on Facebook says, oh God, someone get out the meds for these fools. Um, okay, here's the problem. When I was a kid, okay, um, I was not allowed to have boyfriends until we were 16. And I did when I was 12. And I had to write in my journal, because then I lied to my mom about it. I don't remember exactly what I had to write, but not a journal, it was a paper. And I had to write out like so many times, like I will not lie to my mom or I will not have boyfriends behind my mom's back. I don't remember what it was that I had to write out, okay? You're telling me that he had to do what twice a day? He had to post his conviction and the, I guess, trans... He had to yeah. do this twice a day. Twice this a day. Is For 15 days. 12-year-old punishment. It is. It's the punishment for a 12-year-old, <laughs> by the way. Oh, my goodness. Where... Mexico, really? I'm Mexico. beginning to question everything about South America right now. Mexico, Mexico. I, I am truly... Truly, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I am definitely. That's sad. I'm saddened for Mexico. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is another story. I'm not yet. Okay, I find especially egregious. Break. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. I could tell by your face. Barry sent me this. Thank you, Barry. Is this in the U- So this is in the UK. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what we're watching? Or well, we I will it? as we do it. So what you're watching. Is a car being lifted, and I didn't know. Look at look at that. Have you seen? No, no, no. By the government. Have you ever? Have you seen one of these? Like that is a um. What? Have you ever seen one of those? No. Get out of town. So it's a tow truck that just lifts a car up. Okay. Now. Oh my gosh. The car is being lifted. This is hilarious. I've never seen anything like this. Okay. Okay. Now now they're repainting some lines. Oh, the car okay. had to be lifted so they could repaint some lines. No. What if you damaged the car? Then the car was put back. The wrong way. But the car was legally parked before the lines, and he got ticketed after they lifted the car to paint the lines and put it back. Wait a minute. Yeah. Because because <laughs> you can't park where the line is. A driver was left stunned after his parked car was lifted so a double yellow line could be painted underneath. And you can't park in front of a double the yellow line there. slapped him with oh a Oh, my ticket. gosh. That is hilarious. Okay, but he the footage is there. He's got to get off. He returned to find his car facing the opposite <laughs> direction. 
First of all, I feel like that could damage your car a little bit. That whole lifting process, yes. like scratch the paint. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. No. Unbelievable. The driver has was left stunned after he parked his after his park car was lifted so double yellow lines could be painted underneath before the council slapped him with the ticket. He's fighting back. Okay, and I'm so that. Of course he's fighting back. I'm absolutely fuming. I'm not paying a penny. That's so funny. And you should not. Oh my gosh. That is really funny. <laughs> that is so funny. All right, you want to pull up another one from over here? Uh, no, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna end with our show on I France. I need to say goodbye to Facebook. We've got a lot of people watching. I know, you but if I play these videos on Facebook, no, okay. no, we gotta go. We do. So, um, wrap up the show. Whatever you do to wrap up the show on Facebook, tell people where they can find us. Tell people where First about of all, Revelation Red. Tell them Red what Bill. they're gonna get when they click on this Rumble link I'm about to share with them, so they can finish the rest of the show over on Rumble. So. Russell Brand did this with his interview with Tucker Carlson, and I know it takes a little bit of jumping, hop, skip, and a jump. I could just click on the link. So please click on this link. Join us on Rumble. I want to talk about what's going on in France and the immigration, and we're going to talk a little bit about Islam and why that might have played a role in these riots that we saw. But in order not to offend anybody, we want not to say it. We don't want to say it on Facebook. We don't want to offend anybody on Facebook. We just uh, we want you guys to join us. However. If you just feel like you can't join us, uh, you can't hit that rumble link. You can. Uh, a couple things coming up this week we are so excited about. We've been waiting for this for like four months. Lynette Zhang, Tuesday, ITM Trading is going to be here. Not 5 here. 5.30 p.m. Going to be on live. Resistance Chicks. 5.30 or yeah, 5? It's 5.30. I double checked. So we are going to be doing like Q&A. You'll be able to ask Lynette whatever you want to ask her in so the chat. How do you know if what people are saying is true, yeah. not true? Well, some things can be really hidden from us, but the technicals don't lie. Now, there are ways that you can manipulate the technicals, but then there's the true supply and demand market. And both of those, frankly, especially when it comes to gold and silver, telling a completely different story. You want to know what the real story is? Then tune in to watch yes. Lynette with us live. She's on amazing. Tuesday. She's a legend. And She's a we legend. get to have her here on Resistance Chicks. So get your family, get it your friends. It has been like five years, five or six years since we've had Lynette on the show. Yeah. And I'm so, so excited. So make sure that you are tuning in live for that. Because listen, guys, we're talking about gold and silver all the time. What are numismatic coins? What do you want to, what kind of gold and silver do you want to buy? What do you do if you only have a little bit of money? What do you do if you have a lot? All, what's coming down the line? You want to ask her like, okay, give us a projection. Are we looking at modern monetary theory? Are we going to, is everybody going to start getting $5,000 checks from the government every month? You know what I mean? Um, universal basic income. Come ready to ask the questions. Her favorite thing to do is to answer them on the fly. Yes. yes. So in the meantime, though, if you do have a 401k or a massive amount of money, and that doesn't have to be massive. To me, a massive amount of money is like $5,000. If you have a good amount of money that you're like, I don't think I should be holding this in cash because I see what's coming down the line. I want you guys to go to ITM trading and go click on the link um, that's in the description of the video below. IT, learn.itmtrading.com forward slash, I think it's chicks. Yeah. 
forward slash chicks or call them 1-866-950-7776. They will have a free consultation call with you for really as many times as you need to walk you through the process. They have this whole survival shield. What we love about Lynette, maybe you guys don't know this about us, but we run a homestead. We raise pigs and chickens and we have a big garden and we are prepped to the mass max behind the studio here is a whole wall of canning goods. We've got, we are ready to go for the whole world to go kaput, right? And Lynette Zhang is doing the exact same thing. And that's what I love about her. She's not just trying to tell you to pull out of the uh, fake fiat dollar system. She's showing you this how to be self This is not your fly by night, buy some gold and silver. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I see those on all the channels and it, and it bugs me, but... I tell you what, the reason we partner with RTM Training is ITM Training is because we have been promoting Lynette, sharing her videos for all the time for, for six free. years. Uh, people come to us, they say, hey, Leah, where do I buy gold and silver? I say, if you've got under $5,000, go to SD Bouillon, get some junk silver. We uh, buy the uh, the Silver Eagles. That's what we like. That's what we, that's what we put our, our extra 2 or $3 into. But for those of you who are trying to get out of the system, we actually can collapse the system by pulling our cash money out of the system out of the guys the, the stock market is going to crash your retirement is going to go the way of the dino yeah. soar okay and it's not going to be brought back like jurassic park if you are holding gold and silver you will be golden so you don't just survive but you will thrive you be the banker we want you to be the banker hey if you got hey wealthy resistance chicks viewers could you please be the banker for us we need you Exactly. We need you. And Patrick Gallery in the chat, who was supposed to be catching up on some sleep, but she's not, uh, says she tells the truth about history and the Federal Reserve and all of that. So tune in on Tuesday. Now, I've just sold you on Tuesday, so you know where you're going to be on Tuesday at 5.30, but Wednesday. 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 8 p.m. The flyover conservatives. I want you guys to know. I'm, I'm seeing if I can pull pull up their website um, so you guys can see David and Stacy. Morning. in. Whited. Whited. Are absolutely phenomenal. They have a huge, huge following. Um, I'm going to screen share this so you guys can get a... Uh, remember, like... Wait, who are these people? There they are. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's kind of small there. But they have an amazing broadcasting program, and they constantly have incredible guests on the show. They've even had us on their show. Um, these are some of their regular guests that they have. They've had featured guests. Um, but here's the deal. We want you guys to come and tune in for a very, very, very special episode of Revelation Red Pill Wednesday. Because David and Stacy are Revelation Red Pilled. If you have been wondering, are we in the last days? Is it the end times? What is going on? I'm going to tell you something. You need to be tuning in to our Revelation Red Pill Wednesday show because we have an outlook that is biblical, that is not being touted by very many people, but will be very soon because it's spreading like wildfire because it's just the gospel of Jesus Christ that we are victorious, that things don't get worse and worse and worse. They actually get better and better and better. What scripture do I have to prove it, Leah? Isaiah, of the increase of his government and, and peace, peace, there, there shall, shall be no, no end. end. God says that he has given us power over all the power of the enemy. 
nothing shall by any means harm you. We are not waiting for some sort of antichrist to swoop in. We're not waiting for some sort of rapture what to is Jim suck Caviezel us out saying? of here. Jim Caviezel, we played this on our show, and I want to have this clip. Somebody write down things I want to I want to have clips of. Uh, Jim Caviezel saying, I have it here. We're more afraid of the, the devil. devil. I actually have the timestamp. Michelle, right here, the timestamp. People are more afraid of the devil than they are of God. When we start to fear God, then you won't fear the devil. Exactly. And we win because he won. So where are you going to be on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live right here on the Rumble Channel and on our Facebook. We will be here with David and Stacey Whited. And then on Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be right here with Lynette Zhang. So very, very excited about that. So Huge you guys, week. I've been so if, excited for it. If you're watching on Facebook, click on the link. Click on the link. Come and join Come us on, over Rumble on our Rumble, on Rumble channel, Resistance Chicks, and we will finish off the rest of this amazing show that Leah has put together. But if you've never tuned into our World News Program before, every single Sunday, normally we are here at 1.30 p.m. We Eastern cover Standard Time. the world news that nobody else covers from a Christian conservative perspective. What is God doing in the globe? And then we will... It ties we, in. It's all t t tied together. Then we when we hone in our prayers, okay? So please join us and tell all of your friends from around the world. I thank you. You guys join us from all over the globe. It's so exciting. We have a P.O. Box. It's 107 Milford, Ohio, 45150. Send us your letters. I have stuff here from poland i've got stuff from the like uk i've got a uk flag i've got a globe i've got polish books i got you guys send us polish chocolate um but seriously send us your letters we'll read them on air if you do there's so nothing please, like the stories from you guys i love to get letters from overseas it's so precious i know it takes your time and it just means so much I like to, to us get letters from across the street like I, I like to get letters from you guys hey i live in ohio hey i live in texas and we want to hear from you we do a friday we'll read them on, on air we do a friday show where we cover the basic world what's going on in our world in the united states and some other world news so you can join us on brighty on mike adams show at six o'clock and then our resistance chicks and rumble in facebook sometimes um at seven at so back-to-back -back shows like boom so friday's our big night sunday's our big day and then wednesdays we do a uh, victorious eschatology show so come and join us for all of that get filled with the holy ghost and the, here's the thing, guys. In the middle of these shows, we may just break out and praying in the Holy Ghost because that's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. Rolling with the Jesus. And roll on over to Rumble. Okay, roll on over to Rumble. All right, here we go. And we have a dog, I think, that needs to go potty. I'm on it. And you a, got cro this? a crock pot that might need, might need some stuff in it. Okay. All right. I'm getting on it. Because we got Frank coming over. I didn't. I forgot to put it in the crock pot. You did? I did. Okay. But it's cooked already. It just needs to be heated up. All right, so... French riots show that decades of mass colonizing immigration could lead to collapse as a former head of the French counter intel agency. So could France collapse, but in a different way? I'm telling you, there's this, I, per, I have inside knowledge into what's happening in the, the Netherlands from uh, people who are from the Netherlands that there is a spirit-filled, awesome movement, I believe, that led to the collapse of this government. The collapse of the French government, I haven't heard. If you guys know of like a spirit-filled movement in France, I haven't heard So we of, of that happening. So we need to pray that God will raise up leaders. It's a, it's a difficult place. France, France is, is um, Catholic. They 
are traditionalists in their Christianity, which is better than nothing, but we want to have a personal relationship with Jesus to where every single one of us is listening to the Holy Spirit. We're praying the Holy Spirit for our government. And, you know, we had, they had the French Revolution. It was supposedly modeled after the American Revolution, but they had, they missed an, an element. They didn't have the God element. They didn't have the, 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 the humility to the, to the almighty creator of the universe that all men are created in, by God. And you have to first have a government that believes in God, that relies on God in order to govern properly. And that is the world over. Okay, so what's happening over in France? After mass riots during the past week shocked France and uh, the world, uh, the former head of France, powerful DGSE intelligence agency, says the root cause of this his country's tragic situation is above all the dominant ideology which has justified and even glorified the mass colonizing immigration that has taken place over the last half century. Uh, and this is a picture of firefighters using a water hose on a burnt car outside of uh, Paris, France, on July 1st, 2023. So Pierre Brachand, how you say that, guys? Was head of France's DGSE, counterintelligence agency, from 2002 to 2008. Since 2019, he has made repeat calls for a radical change in his country's immigration policy over what he says is the looming threat of civil war. In a discussion about immigration on the public radio station France Culture last April, he issued a warning which found its full expression in the week of violent rioting and looting that took hold of France after the shooting of a teenager of Algerian origin on June 27th. He says, if we do nothing or if we do little, we are going to head either towards a progressive implosion of social trust in France, that is to say towards a society where the quality of life will collapse and where it will be less and less pleasant to live, or by successive explosions towards confrontations that will make France a country where no one will be able to live at all. Now, in an interview published on July 6th on the website Le Fiargo, uh, daily newspaper uh, Brochen uh, exposes, as Le Fiagro puts it, the deadly cocktail of a society of individuals based on openness and democracy and the arrival of entire dysphorias with totally different cultural backgrounds. The least that can be said is that the former counterintelligence chief's analysis stands in sharp contrast to the interior minister, uh, Gerald, um, his own analysis made in the national assembly on July 5th, according to, um, the interior minister, the riots of the previous days are not linked to immigration as only 10% of the rioters were foreigners. In the interior minister's eyes, the non-white youth that caused mayhem on the streets of France for days often invoking the Quran in the name of Allah have no link to immigration as they are French citizens. The French minister contradicted himself, however, saying that as the average age of the rioter was, rioters were 17, they were born under the presidency of Jacques Chirac, and it is too late to control immigration anyway. So closing the, the borders, here we go. We loot for revenge. Why is France facing the worst riots in its history? Some say they're looting for revenge. There's lots of looting here in France because they shoot at us and we loot for revenge. France has seen hundreds of stores robbed, hundreds burned down, hundreds of cars burned. Resulting in estimated 1 billion euros in damage, according to France's largest employer federation. The police in, the police France, in France is, is racism, racist. 
The riots were sparked when 17-year-old Nahil drove away from a police stop. No video. Okay. Well, sorry about that. Thank you. Michelle's awesome. To tell me that. I thought we were screen sharing already, but we weren't. All right. Sorry about that, guys. But so I'm going to just go back so you guys can see. The hundreds of cars burned here. Lots of looting. The police in French is... Uh... The youth that was shot had had 15 different encounters with the police. All right, I'm going to go a few over uh, some of these here. So this is Marine Le Pen. She is the conser the kind of the baddest end of conservatism there um, in France. Thank you, Madam President. My question is addressed to the Prime Minister. At a time when our country has just been delivered to plunder and plunder, I would like to ask you the question that all French are asking. What have you done with France? You who have been carrying out the same policy as your predecessors for 40 years, what have you done with our country by implanting zones of unlawful... Man, they talk faster than they. What have you done when you let yourself uh, communalize and criminalized? Be communalized and criminalized. What have you done when you let the ignorance of our culture prosper? The hostility towards the legal authority of the state. The illegitimacy of our laws and the hatred of our people. What have you done to transform our country among the most courteous, the most elegant and the softest of the earth, make it a hell, where it is consumed with public buildings that burn, however, in the future? This spectacle afflicts the whole world and our country, which was so admired for its intellectual brilliance and power. Today arouses pity when it is not irony. You have not learned a lesson from the riots of 2005, no more than the Stade de France, which allows the security disaster to occur for the geos of 2024, and with it a new national humiliation. The truth is that you did not want to hear any warning. What is happening? We had predicted it, despite a great adversity. I say it with sadness and gravity. Unfortunately, we were right. At the moment when you are about to serve us again, at the cost of billions, I call you to the courage of self, to the humility to admit the dramatic failure of your policies. First and foremost, we must stop the anarchic immigration, yet you are aggravating the problem and to spread it to every village. We must regain control in all the districts of France, restore the authority of the parents, Rebuild the school and the crusade of the republic. Give justice its firmness, without which it will remain powerless to protect the French. Faced with the economic and judicial security chaos, will you finally admit that the only possible solution is the National Assembly? Basically, that's their party. Wow, pretty powerful there for Marine Le Pen. I'm going to go over here to Gateway Pundit. Um, Muslim immigrants in France view migration as recolonization in response to historical French colonialism. We will colonize them for life until death. 
Let's see here. Why do millions of mother Muslims immigrate to France? They colonized us for 132 years, and now it's our turn to come here. And how can I explain it? They colonized us for 132 years. And now we will colonize them for life until death, until the end of time. Wow. Pretty crazy. So that is the Gateway Pundit. Let me see. Go back here. I think there's another one. Immigrants in Nice chanting, Blank France, we're just here for the welfare for the red passport. Okay. Wow, that is crazy. Uh, another video showed Muslims chanting Alu Akbar. We are not afraid. We are born Muslims. If the police kill us, we have the right to kill them. It is written in the Quran. Critics argue that France will be the first Islamic Republic of Europe. Allah Akbar, we are Muslims. Yikes. Okay. The Muslim population in France is the largest in Western Europe as at an estimated 5.7 million people. Uh, compared to the general population, Muslims had a far higher unemployment rate, 14% in October of 2020. And um, this does look like a danger zone. Here we have our buddy Donald Trump weighing in. My government stopped Islamic terrorists and jihadis from entering the U.S. It's in France approved. this was We last must also night. redouble our efforts to ensure that anyone who comes to America shares our values and assimilates into our culture. We don't want people coming into our country that hate us. We want people that love us. Look at what's going on in France. Who would have thought? I thought, I predicted it, actually. That was one of our other. You ever see those signs? It's an honor. It's an honor, but that Trump was right about everything. They make a Trump. A lot of it's common sense, isn't it, you know? Is he a conservative? No, I'm a person with common sense. I have great common sense, and we, most of the people in this room have common sense. As an example, who the hell wants an open border for the world to spill in, for them to dump every person who's mentally ill or a convicted killer or a convict into our country? I mean, who wants that? How is it good for us? It's a killer for us. And you'll be seeing it for years to come, and that's why we got to get them all out. We're going to get them out. It's common sense. Under the Trump administration, we imposed extreme vetting and put on a powerful travel ban to keep radical Islamic terrorists and jihadists out of our country. Well, how did that work out? We had no problem, right? They knew they didn't, they couldn't come here if they had that moniker. They couldn't come here. 
When I return to office, the travel ban is coming back even bigger than before and much stronger than before. We don't want people blowing up our shopping centers. We don't want people blowing up our cities. And we don't want people stealing our farms. So it's not going to happen. Wow. The United States will not be condemned to the same fate as is happening in France. And I told Macron this was going to happen when I first met him. Hmm. Wow. So Donald Trump firing on all cylinders there uh, in Iowa this week, weighing in. All right. So here we have for some Muslims who are embarrassed by the behavior of their fellow Muslim rioters and thieves in France. This one is for them. When some decent Muslims get embarrassed by the behavior of their fellow Muslims, they say, Oh, Islam doesn't allow theft in rioting. Our Quran theft. ordered amputations of thieves. Like everything, the more you dig into Islam, the more you realize that things are never as they appear with Islam. There's always a catch. Yes, the punishment for theft is amputation, but under Darul Islam, i.e. where the law of the land is Islamic. In the land of Kufar, i.e. Darul Harb, in this case, the West, there is no such stipulation. Mm. If you ask this woman, why is she robbing these stores? I bet my life she would say, these guys have oppressed us. I am teaching them a lesson. You mm. might say, no, Harris, come on, you're making this up. This is exactly what Prophet Muhammad did. He robbed many caravans of the infidels under the guise of they were oppressing us. This is why these people have no loyalty to France. Wow. And then uh, that guy, Harris Sultan on Twitter, he's got a whole video on that. Here we have the French police have lost their Uh, the French police very rarely uh, get in trouble for um, police brutality. Okay. Crazy. We played that one last week that was from the riots. French local police chief. These are not riots, it's war. The Muslims, migrants, they want to kill us. It's difficult to explain. 
People talk about riots, but for those of us who have to deal with it, they aren't riots. It's war. The people who are standing in front of us are there to kill us. They have Molotov cocktails, they have stones, they come to within three meters in front of us. They have enormous paving stones which they throw at us to try to kill us, not to play with us. They are there to kill us. Okay. Okay. That's the Al Akbar one. I think that might be. Let's see if I got any more. That's the Netherlands. Um, so let me go over here. We're gonna end with Neil Oliver. So what is happening in France? Is it war? And and you guys know that we particularly have covered this over and over again. And radical Islam. And we're seeing the effects of this migration. We're seeing the effects of it. What do you guys think? Do you think that there will be a war? Do you? Um, this is this this particular these particular riots that were stoked have made it so that French cops can now secretly activate phone cameras, microphones, and GPS to spy on citizens. Cops in France have been granted the authority to remotely activate a suspect's cell phone camera, microphone, and GPS after the passage of a provision in a wider justice reform bill on Wednesday night. The bill allows the geolocation of crime suspects covering other devices like laptops, cars, and connected devices just as it could be remotely activated to record sound and images of people suspected of terror offenses as well as delinquency and organized crime. I here we have this justice bill and it sounds a lot like the um the Patriot Act here in the United States. And so you've got these organized crimes. Well, why do you have these organized crimes? Because you allow an illegal immigration. Well, we have to crack down on them. So now we have to spy on everybody. So now we have to spy on everybody. That's the question. France is burning. Is it cultural? Or is it the lack of God, period? French have always wanted to riot. It's a spirit within France. They need a revival. So we're going to pray for France. And actually, we're going to pray for every nation um, when we're done here. And I'm going to let those videos kind of speak for themselves. I want to end with this last video, as far as videos go, with Neil Oliver here talking about euthanasia in the Netherlands. So the Netherlands appears to be a petri dish for conducting of all kinds of manner of experiments in social engineering. And now they are broadening euthanasia to children of all ages. A choice of words, given that Bradshaw's use of it came soon after a teacher at Rye College in East Sussex used the same while trying to humiliate and silence a young girl who refused to accept a fellow pupil's decision to identify as a cat. Bradshaw sought to dismiss Bridgen as a conspiracy theorist, despite the ever-growing number of young people coming forward to express bitter regret at having been coaxed and or encouraged by adults through a process that left them mutilated, sterilised and condemned to shortened, lesser lives at increased risk of persistent infections. 
underneath all of it is the message that when it comes to the children, it's the state and not the parents that have the final say. In so many ways that matter, the children are already caught. This is where we are now, apparently, in a world where one wrong word can see a person exiled to a life made impossible in any modern sense. A world where the messing with children's bodies, with our minds and with our understanding of right and wrong is nothing less than sadistic, shaped and choreographed as it is to cut people loose from their moorings and set them adrift upon an ocean of uncertainty. If you fear that you no longer know which way is up, then I invite you to join the club. The messing is an all-encompassing, increasingly polluting every aspect of everyday life. I read last week about how the government of the Netherlands has in recent years authorised the euthanising of otherwise healthy young people, people whose only dissatisfactions were autism or some other intellectual challenge. This is the same Netherlands where farmers are being driven off their land to make way for the megacity building plans of more of those stakeholder capitalist transnational corporations. The same Netherlands where homeowners can now be coerced to sell their homes only to people with a low to medium income, which is to say the government decides who you might sell your home to and at what price. More and more, the Netherlands appears to be a petri dish for the conducting of all manner of experiments in social engineering. And what happens there, anywhere, might happen elsewhere and then everywhere. The West, in the form of NATO, driven full tilt by the US and the UK, pursues a forever war in Ukraine, shoveling hundreds of billions of dollars, pounds and euros into government coffers there in the name of defending democracy. In Ukraine, democracy manifests itself now in the government's banning of opposition parties, the shutting down and criminalising of dissenting media, the jailing of a political rival and the raiding of orthodox churches. Ukraine may not be the most corrupt country on earth, but in terms of many metrics, it's definitely in the top one. I invite you to contemplate a grim but nonetheless revealing truth that the powers that be, the state, whatever, as well as those populating the institutions, those driving the mainstream media, have absolutely no option but to keep driving their inversion of society. For a period of time hard to quantify, but let's imagine it in terms of many decades at least, a campaign of lying and plundering, practised upon the many by the few, has delivered those lying thieves to a point where if the many realised the extent of the wrongdoing, then the consequences would be colourful to say the least. Sharks must keep swimming forward or they drown. Everyone smiles at the happy ending of It's a Wonderful Life. All but destroyed by the villainous banker Mr Potter, small-town good man George Bailey is saved in the end by the customers of his struggling building and loan, a community bank that has sought only to enable those customers to live decent lives, saved also by the people of the town who love him. We smile and cry at the end of the story because we know it's rightful, the reassertion of the rightful order of things after time spent in a wrongful alternative. In the world George Bailey briefly wished for and got, a world in which he had never been born, all was wrong, upside down and inside out. His own children didn't exist because he had never existed. We're being presented with that inverted, darkened world now, tricked into thinking it has to be real. If it seems like a nightmare, then all we have to do is wake up. If we don't, then Zuzu's petals are gone forever. Mm. It seems like all we have to do is wake up. And we do. We have to wake up. That is where we're at right now. We're in the wake up phase and seeing what's happening around the world, seeing what's happening in the Netherlands gives me a lot of hope and seeing what's happened with the sound of freedom gives me a, so much hope. So thank you to all of our new viewers who have come um, from the prayer that we had. 
around the um down there at the theater <laughs> we packed out a theater with banners for freedom robert and jamie and the power of god hit so strong and this is how we do this is how we move mountains your prayers work and god hears your prayers um for those of you um who want to know uh Afterwards, Jim Caviezel on Angel Studios did a really good um, kind of a Q&A and a um, after show with the director and producer of the movie Sound of Freedom. And if you guys didn't see um, the video where we prayed, I want you guys to go and watch it because it is powerful. It's filled with the power of God. And... There we did some, t uh, we recorded some testimonies in Oxford. We were with Krista Elisha, and she's got some major moves of God happening, and people are joining Krista's Arise ministry, getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Their lives are changing. We interviewed um, an ex lesbian who's now getting married, um, a couple whose marriage was on the brink. Thoughts of suicide and God has made them just, God has turned their lives around, filled them with the power of God. Um, a young girl who has been um, abused from Russia and they're all moving in the power of God. And uh, you need to watch Michelle's reel on uh, the cockroaches that came out of the ground totally <laughs> unexpectedly that uh, we saw that other people in Oxford, not in our movement, we're like, hey, has anybody seen these cockroaches? And we think we, we pulled down those high places in the name of Jesus and those cockroaches went scrambling. So you guys can see a lot of those uh, have a ton of views on, um, like a ton of views. I think uh, we, got, we, we got put in the search or the, of, um, of Clout Hub. Let me, guys, let me show you guys something at Clout Hub. So we got a message. You guys aren't on CloudHub. It's not dead. Go to, go join CloudHub. So this is us on CloudHub. And if you go to my channel, one of my channel here, and I'm going to go to um, the videos. Look what they did. They boosted us. And let's see. Where is it? So look at this, the special, a uh, special word for the children, 275,000 views and, um, the sound of freedom exit reviews and prayer, 230,000 views. They, um, they put us in the, the search bar there. Um, and if you guys haven't seen, Michelle's been doing some reels. I think mama's been putting them up. I don't see them up on, let's see. Here we go. So if you guys aren't subscribed, please subscribe to Resistance Chicks. Here's a couple reels Michelle's made. I saw it was in America. Okay, he was in America. And like, we spent, this is what gets me angry. Here it comes. And this is what, it should make you angry. Those FBI agents spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to find grandma walking through the Capitol, but they took people off of the child exploitation units to go find grandma walking around the Capitol. These people are literally working for
for Satan. And they want to go around and tell you that January 6th was the worst thing since 9-11 when this is the worst thing ever. There is nothing ever worse than harming a little child. Nothing. Nothing. And we have the money. We have the resources. And we're spending billions of dollars in Ukraine for them to bomb each other to smithereens when we should have every single federal agent. I was agent just checking on that. I should not be in charge of this. Thanks, Mom. I am horrible at switching the screen here. Sorry, guys. My right, Michelle's the right hand man. We can't because it's all online and there's IP addresses. And you can find them. You know what they told Tim Ballard? This is in the movie. They're going outside of the country. So you guys can go and check out some of those. Michelle's been making some pretty cool reels on um, resistance chicks. Here's the one about the cockroaches. Have you ever cast the devil out to such an extent that the demonic forces that you cast out start manifesting in actual physical cockroaches? That happened to us yesterday. We were doing the Freedom to Worship event in Oxford, Ohio with the Remnant Revolution Tour, Krista Elisha, Philip, Philip Hickman, the Resistance Chicks, that's us, and a whole host of amazing people. The power of God was there. We cast so many demons out of Oxford. We declared that it was a land that was sacred and hallow, especially in this, this one heart, uh, this park in, in Oxford, right in the middle where we were doing this event. I think it's called Memorial Park. At the end of the night, we're gathered together and there are several of us there from Arise Ministries and we were just praying and these cockroaches started coming out. We're like, what is up with these cockroaches? And we're like, I think these are like the demons that we have cast out of Oxford, Ohio. <laughs> and I went over and I stomped on one and we took authority again. I was like, this is how easy it is to slay some demons. I am telling you what, we set these demons on notice. We cast them to the lake of fire. Somehow they manifest in the cockroaches. Today, my sister Leah gets a text message that in a Facebook group in Oxford, there's a post right here, I'm gonna put it, that there were cockroaches seen by other people, people that have lived there for three years and it was completely abnormal and had never happened again. Get yourself some praise and get yourself some worship. Get yourself some praise, get yourself some worship and uh, yeah, so go check that out, guys. Tons of great content. God's been moving in a powerful way. We're going to end a prayer. God, I thank you so much, everybody listening uh, from around the world. We come before you, and as we 
uh, made that commitment to pray for the children. We pray for the children. I just pray, Father God, that you set everybody free from uh, trafficking, from the sexual abuse. I rebuke and I bind Satan from attacking your mind, from attacking your body, from attacking your spirit. I pray, Father God, that you send laborers into the field. I pray, Father God, for the protection right now of children who are being abused uh, all across the world right now. I just plead the blood of Jesus and I ask you, Father God, for the, 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 the innocence to be set free, for you to raise up righteous men and women of God to go in and preach the gospel, to rescue these kids. I pray for governments to wake up um, in every country and that you would just put an end to this sex trade. And I pray, Father God, that there be a conviction on, on men right now that you cannot buy sex and there be a conviction even on women uh, who are part of this that you cannot sell sex. And 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 I just pray, Father God, in the, in the upper realms of heaven that you would move, that you would remove these principalities and powers that think that they can destroy young bodies and minds and souls and spirits. I pray for healing right now for everybody who's been a victim of uh, sex trafficking, sexual abuse, abuse in any way. I pray, Father God, that you would use that situation and turn it around for your good. I pray, Father God, right now for Mexico that you would um, begin to convict the Mexican government and the people of Mexico of their gender confusion so they would know that men are men and women are women in Mexico. I pray, Father God, in the Netherlands that you raise up a righteous government. That they would fill the void. That these spirit-filled people would fill the void. I pray for France right now. I pray for revival in France. I pray that you, you send French-speaking missionaries from around the world to France. And that you begin to convict the people of their sins. I pray for the Muslims there to come to know Jesus. And that's the way that we end this. Yes, you want to end the, the, the mass migration, but first and foremost, these Muslims need to come to know Jesus in a mighty, powerful way. I pray, Father God, for the Archbishop and the, and the, the Anglican Church. Father God, if that needs to go the way of the dinosaur and you raise up a new church, a church that is filled with the glory and the power of God, the, the, the church that speaks like Calvin Robinson says, we need to pull people out of their sins. And I pray right now that England will have a revival, that they will know that men are men and women are women. And I plead the blood of Jesus over that, over that island there. And I pray, Father God, for Scotland and Ireland. And I pray, Father God, that you would uh, remove the high places and these woke leaders and these woke politicians. And you would raise up decent, everyday men and women to just and implement laws that are for the, the good of the people. And you tear down all these council taxes and these BBC taxes and all these taxes. And I pray, Father God, that people would voluntarily help one another because that's what Christian charity is all about. And so as we've covered these stories, we pray for Ukraine and Russia. I rebuke and I bind Satan. I pray that you end that war right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Father God, that you would uh, remove the high places in Ukraine. I rebuke Satan from, from ravaging that um, country and from ravaging even the stockpiles of ammunition. And I just rebuke these weapons of mass destruction. I rebuke these cluster bombs and I, I command them to go down to the pit of hell. And I pray for peace in Ukraine and Russia. I pray that Russia and Ukraine will be united under one banner and that banner would be Jesus Christ. I pray for that revival that, that came through, that sparked through in the early 1300s that went all over Europe and into Russia 
And as Russia became a Christian nation, because people became Christians, they turned from their, their sin and they repented. And so I pray, Father God, for freedom of the minds and bodies of people in Russia right now. And I just pray, Father God, that you would um, move in our brothers and sisters around the world, that um, you, we would see freedom. And I just pray, Father God, that the sound of freedom would be able to be in every single country in Jesus' name. And I thank you that next week you're going to show us more places to highlight and more places to pray for and to tear down those high places and for missionaries to go into these places right now in Jesus' name. We pray and, and you just set the captives free. Amen. Amen. I think we should actually end all of our sh Sunday shows with a prayer on the, the, the subjects that we covered. Yeah, that's good. I don't, I'm embarrassed to say we don't do that. Well, I actually would like to thank Corey Gray for the idea. Okay, we're still here. Do you want to say anything? No, I don't want to say anything. I'm wondering what happened to the color of the show. Okay, all right, guys. She doesn't want to say anything. She came down. She doesn't want to say anything. I came down to help you shut down the show. I and thought... say adios, amigos, muchachos. We'll see you Tuesday, Zos. So, so and long. Wednesday. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, do us a favor. Subscribe wherever you're watching. Please subscribe Ring the to bell us to get notifications. On Rumble. Please subscribe to us on Facebook. Like Facebook. Um, Clout Hub. There's Telegram. many more. Telegram. Gab. Getter. Brideon. Truth. truth. Getter. We are everywhere you want us to be and so much more. You Minds. Joshua.com. You can sign up for emails when I... Send them one day. They'll get sent. All right. We'll see you guys on Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there or be square. And, of course, we'll see you next Sunday right here for our World News Report. God bless.